on February, 3rd, or February 1st, 2003, the Space Shuttle Columbia disintegrated as it re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. A piece of insulation foam from the external fuel tank came off on as it was taking off and as it released, and it had damaged, severely damaged the orbiter's left wing. This was unknown to the crew. They had no idea that the wing had been damaged. And so they went through, completed their mission, and as we all know, as they re-entered the Earth's atmosphere, the damage allowed hot atmospheric gases to penetrate, and it ultimately destroyed the wing structure, and the uh, shuttle was instantly destroyed. And what they found out was once the structural integrity of the space shuttle was compromised, it was doomed. There was no chance. And it speaks about this word integrity that we want to look at this weekend. This weekend we're starting a series and it's talking about relationships. And as I was thinking about relationships, I said, you know, there's a, I was thinking there's a few things within that are, that are just foundational stones. They're, they're essential for healthy relationships. And I was thinking one of them is integrity. One of them is integrity. And so we want to talk about integrity. We get integrity from the Latin word uh, uh, that is from the word integer, which means whole. So integrity is, has the idea of oneness or wholeness or even a, an idea of purity. And that's really what we want to talk about. We want to say in a healthy relationship, there needs to be integrity. And we use words like truth and honesty and openness you know, we, we, we use that, we, we get that idea. But let me break integrity down into four parts. And this isn't in your notes, but you might want to write it down. Because when we think of integrity, it might have one of these four idea meanings. Number one, integrity can be what we believe, our personal convictions. We say, I believe this and I believe this. These are things that we say, these are, we hold these dear. These are our personal convictions. Secondly, integrity is what we say we believe. Many times we say we believe something, but we don't really practice it. You know, and that's the knock on many Christians. Many people who aren't Christians say, the problem I have with Christians is you talk a good game, but you don't back it up. You say you believe this, but then I see you do this, right? So it's what we believe, what we say we believe, what we actually do, that's where the rubber meets the road, and that may be our real day-to-day, you know, I mean, by default, that's really our practicing or our operating integrity, right? And then, what we should do. What we should do. The question is, the last one is what we should do. Where do we get our ethics? Where do we get our standard of integrity? Because, you know, everybody would say, you know, well, you've got, a, you know, you've got these standards. I, I don't really think that's important, Right? So where do you get, some of us, we get our integrity from our, where we were raised, our family values, or maybe educationally, or, you know, whatever. But I'm going to make a case that we get our, we get our values for our integrity from the Scripture. From the Scripture. Now, what is integrity? Let me give you a quick definition, and it's pretty wordy and kind of a dumb one, but let me give it to you anyways. Anyways. 
Integrity is demonstrated in our lives when we draw our ethical principles from the Scriptures and demonstrate the courage to maintain consistency between what we believe and what we actually do. In other words, it's saying what we, we, we hear what the Word of God says and it builds us in, into us a certain integrity. And then we have the courage to live up to that standard. That's what integrity means. And so we want to look at what, is that, what does that mean? Integrity means that we simply, it's just this, we must make our, our walk match our talk. We used to call, when I was a kid, we used to call people who bragged woofers because they barked like a dog, but they never could back it up with their game. Oh, he's just a woofer, you know. And I think some of us, if we're honest, we woof a little bit. We don't really back up, but the, but the biblical virtue of integrity speaks of consistency between the inside and the outside. It, it, it's between what we, what we say we believe and what we actually do. It's, it's our values matching our practice. It, it's lining those up. Integrity essentially means that there's no difference at all. Like you're not a different person while you're here and when you're, you're with your family or when you're with your buddies or girlfriends or at work or in a strange town where nobody knows you. Here's the principle I want you to take away this weekend. We can always grow in our integrity. Your integrity may be like damaged. You know, it's not really... People don't think of you as a person of integrity. But you know what? You can become a person of integrity. That's something that can grow. So I want to look at somebody in the Scripture that has incredible integrity. And an example of integrity, it's Joseph in Genesis chapter 38. So if you want to turn there, Genesis chapter 39, actually. Now, I want to give you a quick contrast. Because in Genesis, the Joseph story kind of goes from... They call it the Jacob story, but it's you know it's about Joseph and Jacob, and Jacob was his father. And, but but you, you go through that, and you, that starts at chapter 37, goes to the end of, of Genesis chapter 50. I mean, it's, it's a long section of the book. And Joseph, remember, the many coats, and his father loved him more than his brothers, and all that drama and stuff. Chapter 37, the Joseph story starts. And then you come to chapter 38. And you meet Judah. And Judah is an interesting guy. But they tell this story, and then chapter, uh, chapter 39, what we're going to look at, you go back to Joseph, and then you kind of focus on Joseph. And you go, why the Judah story? What's the deal with that? Now, it's interesting, because this Judah story, it, it's like, it reads like a soap opera. All right, here's the story. So Tamar... Uh, Judah's daughter-in-law, her his son dies, and so she says, "I want, you know, I need another son. Give me another son, you know, and so I won't be locked out." And it was the way to survive ultimately. And Judah kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and he kept reneging. He just, did, he just wouldn't go through with it. So she said, "Okay, finally, I'm going to take things in my own hands." I mean, it's really sordid. It's, it's really bad. And so she goes, and she uh, knows that her 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 father-in-law visits po- prostitutes. So she goes and she disguises herself as a prostitute and she sleeps with her father-in-law unbeknownst to him because she's disguised. I don't know how, you know, ask somebody in heaven. Okay, but so she so he he says, oh, uh, you know, um, he she takes a couple uh, of his personal items 
And uh, he goes and he notices they're missing and she's gone. And then he finds out that his daughter-in-law is pregnant. And he hits the roof. And he says, she, she, she should be burned by fire. She is, she's a sinner, right? There's a little hypocrisy there, right? And, and so he calls her in and he says, you know, I notice you're pregnant. You know, your, your pregnant is here. And, and, and you shouldn't be. And we need to burn you, you know? And it's like, and she says, oh, wait a minute. Before you go ahead and throw me in the fire, I found these. Do they look familiar to you? And he goes, uh, yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> and he says this in verse 26. She is more righteous than I. Now, I think the reason that story is there is because the writer is trying to contrast what it is to be a man of integrity and what it's not. Now, you can grow in your integrity. You didn't didn't remain, I don't believe, that kind of a person. But the point is, I don't know where you're at today and where your integrity is today, but I want to look at the Joseph story and say, this is how we can grow in our integrity. It's not easy. It's, it's, you know, there are some things that are in the Christian life that are little boy things, little girl things. This is a big boy thing. This is a big girl thing. Okay, we've got to really pull up our pants and put on our skirts and work hard on this one. I'm sorry, that's a terrible way to put it. (laughs) Well, let me read the passage. Genesis 39, verse 1. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 4. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Uh, Potiphar, uh, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from... uh, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted him, uh, trusted to his care everything that he owned. From that time, he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. And the, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in the field. So he left Joseph's care... Uh, in Joseph's care, everything he had. Do you notice this? He left everything. He left everything. He left it. This is a theme. You know, he's, he's trying to say, Joseph has a great opportunity here. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though he spoke Though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Three things that integrity means. Number one, integrity means that you do the right thing even when no one is watching. It said that Joseph had been taken to Egypt. Joseph was in Egypt. He was in no man's land. He was a a young man in a strange land. No one knew him or cared a a bit about who he was or what morality he had. 
He was a prisoner. He was far from home. And this is where integrity is going to be tasted or tested. You're, you are going to reveal your integrity when you are in a place where no one knows you or you're by yourself and no one can see what you're doing. And then at that moment, you are going to determine what your integrity really is. Healthy relationships require integrity. Trust is a critical part of any healthy relationship. Can you be trusted when no one is watching? Can you be trusted? Or are you a different person depending on the crowd? Depending on whether you're here in this room. I expect everybody to be in good behavior here. But what about when you're you're with the boys or with the girls? What about when you're in the shop? What about when you're on your own in, in a strange city where nobody knows you? What, what is your behavior like there? What do you do there? What do you watch with your eyes? What are you involved in there? Are you a person of integrity? Joseph was a man of integrity. Judah wasn't. Well, they both had an integrity. One had a fallen integrity. One had an integrity that was quite different and quite marvelous. I think if we're, we're honest, every one of us in this room can think of times where we failed to demonstrate integrity. Integrity means you do the right thing even when no one's watching. You see, trust and respect are crucial factors in healthy relationships. The foundation of trust and respect is integrity. If your integrity is flawed or weak, it's impossible to build and maintain trust. In relationships. And it may be that you're in a relationship right now, maybe with a spouse, maybe with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, maybe as a parent and a child, or, you know, where, and you, your integrity is causing this relationship to suffer because they don't trust you because you've given them a good reason not to. So Joseph is an example of, to show us that integrity means that we. We do the right thing when no one is watching. Secondly, you tell the truth even when it hurts you. So Joseph is in charge. He is second in power, in that, at least in that house. He was in a no-win situation because if he gives in to her, her constant harassment, talk about harassment in the workplace, right? <laughs> it's like you die, right? So here, here it is. He is in a no-win situation because if he gets in, gives in to her, ultimately he is violating his moral ethic. But not only that, if he gets caught, he's a dead man. If he doesn't give in to her, she's not going to give up. As you read the rest of the story, she didn't and ultimately framed him and he got thrown in prison anyway. And here's a really important principle. Sometimes we think, well, I did the right thing. Why did things go wrong? Why didn't God get me out of this situation? I just want to say to you, I don't think Scripture promises that just because you do the right thing, that things will work out well for you. They didn't for Joseph. They didn't for Jesus. Can we get off of this idea that just because we're trying to do the right thing, the hard thing, that things are going to work out for us? That people are going to say, you know, that she's going to say, oh, you're a man of integrity. I'll just back off. I'm sorry. You know, it doesn't always work that way, does it? It didn't work out for Joseph. What I'm saying essentially is this: that you, you do the, you be willing to tell the truth, be willing to 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 tell the truth, even when it hurts you. You know, that may be as simple as this. You know, 
One of the things that I don't hear too often from people, maybe I don't hear it too often from my own lips, is I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Integrity means that when you blow it, you tell the truth. You don't spin, well, you know, if they had enough, and I wouldn't have, you know, all that nonsense. Integrity means that you just take responsibility, and, and sometimes things don't go the way you want them to. Integrity means that you must have the courage to do the right thing, even if it hurts you. Relationships need doses of truth. And some of you, you know, we've kind of fallen on different sides of this whole truth thing. Some of us are ready to use the truth as a kind of a pickaxe. We want to come at people and tell them off, and tell them where to get off, right? And so we're really good about hurting people with our words, thinking, well, I'm just being telling the truth, right? And some of us are on the other side where we go, Somebody's doing something or saying something, and I don't feel right about it. I don't feel good about it, but I'm not going to say anything. Let me give you just a little dumb example. It's not dumb. It's, it happens all the time. Let's just say that you're in a circle of friends, and they happen to be talking about somebody who's not there. And it's not positive. It's not encouraging. It's not something good. They're knocking this person down. And you may say, well, I didn't say anything. I didn't knock them down. I didn't join in that. But I didn't feel right about it. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think we should be saying those things. Maybe what you should have said is, you know, hey, guys, time out. This isn't, you know, again, if you're with people who are pagans, they're not Christians, they're not followers of Jesus, I don't think it's going to matter to them what you say. But if you're in a group, and this happens more likely in a group of Christians, you go, time out here. I don't think this is what we should be doing. This isn't, this isn't right. It takes integrity to step up. You say, well, but you're going to be like Mr. Mr. Goody Two-Shoes or something. You know, let's be right about this, right? Let, let, let's shine light on the darkness and stop allowing the darkness to just say, well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. You know, I don't want to... You know, you get what I'm saying. There's times where you have to, you should speak up and say the right thing. Now, don't be a jerk about it. Don't be stupid and say, you know, you're, you guys are a bunch of idiots and, you know, blah, 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 you know. Say, you know, I, I just don't feel right about this. There's, there's sometimes you ought to speak up and you ought to say the right thing. Say it in the spirit of love, but say it in a way that people... Because you know what it'll do? Here, here's what I found. When I've been in a situation like that and somebody said it to me or I've done it... I think what happens is the Spirit of God perks my heart and says, you know, they're right. No matter what I may say or do or something, I know they're right. I know they're right. How many ch- times have you chosen to lie? By the way, there's only one lie that you can tell in a relationship as a husband. This is it. When your wife comes up to you and, and has a pair of jeans on and she says, do these make me look fat? If they do, you lie about it. <laughs> no. The point is, healthy relationships require honesty. Telling the truth, even when it hurts, it takes courage. Number three, uh, integrity requires you to look for Him even when others don't. I think the reason that Joseph had such high integrity was because... He said this, how then could I do such a wicked sin against God? 
What Joseph was saying is really pretty unique. Every one of us believes that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and if you understand the Scripture, that God doesn't just meet with us in this room. That when we go out of this room, He goes with us. That He walks with us. That He's sitting in the passenger side of the car. So that when we flip the one-handed salute to other people in traffic, uh, Jesus is right there going, you know. Right? And, and when we're in the conversation and we're gossiping, Jesus is right there kind of going, you know. Uh, so so we, we have to understand this, that Joseph is basically saying, I don't want to let my boss, the Potiphar, down. But more than that, I don't want to let God down because He's with me always in the midst of all of this where I was sold as a slave and I've been in prison and He's been with me all the time. He's still with me. I want to be a person of integrity. The only way you'll be a person of integrity is that you'll see Jesus in your life all the time. And that's the problem. I think some of us see Jesus when we're here, we're worshiping, but we don't see Him during the week. You know, there's this old uh, philosophical conundrum. And the, the, the phrase goes, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is there to hear it or see it, does it really fall? And then the professor will get the class to debate the issue with one another. Can I just cut through this? This is not a philosophical argument. It's a scriptural argument. Yes, the tree fell and it made a boom because God was there to see it and hear it. Because God is everywhere. So yes, it fell. I don't have to be there to make sure that it happened. God saw it. And got. And the point I want you to see is this. It's the principle that Joseph is talking about. There is no place I can go from the presence of God. And when I really live that way, and I think that way, and I understand that maybe at the table that I'm sitting at, there's an empty chair, and He's there, and in, my, the side of, in the seat of my car, I drive differently, I talk differently, I behave differently, I become a person of integrity because I know there's Jesus is right there with me. This may be the most troubling thing. You know, I want to leave you with one troubling thing before we go today. This is the most troubling thought that I can share with you this weekend. At any moment in your life, you are, you are dis- demonstrating how much you believe and trust in Jesus by how you conduct your life when no one is looking. That is a gauge of where you're at. Because what you're saying is when, when no human is looking, there are no cameras, there's no human, there's no evidence around you, your behavior will determine whether you believe God is with you or not. Joseph basically said, I can't do this. God is always there. God is watching. God is watching. The ultimate integrity, of course, was when Jesus came on a mission. And in the garden, He looked at the mission and saw and began, became overwhelmed with the mission. He gave His word that He would do the mission. And He kept His word. He gave His life. He chose to suffer. He said, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus lived a life of integrity because He lived a life in the presence of His Father and the Spirit. See, integrity... The good news is this. As I said before, integrity isn't something that has to continually disintegrate. Integrity can grow. You can grow and become a person of integrity. Here's my final thought. 
we grow in integrity as we walk with Jesus and obey His words. Joseph's answer is the answer that needs to echo with us this week. I can't do this because there's a God in heaven who watches and sees everything that I do. And please, don't think of that as... I don't think Joseph was saying, I've got somebody spying on me. This was a comfort to Joseph. This was his comfort when he was lying in a cold, dark cell, knowing God was with him. This was a comfort to Joseph, knowing that things weren't going well for him, that God was with him. And so now he says, God is still with me. He was there in the prison. Now he's here now. My behavior doesn't change just because I'm in a cell or because I'm in a castle. A castle. A palace. Castle. Put those together. I'm the same person. So I guess the question is, if we think about relationships, who are you? Are you a person of integrity? Are your relationships struggling because you're not? Well, then begin to grow. And to say, God, I'm going to walk as though, because it's true, you are always with me. Amen? Let's stand and let's pray. Help us, Father. We need to be people of integrity. And we know that that can only come from You. Thank You that You love us so much that You gave Your Son, that we were drowning in sin and Jesus came and gave us life. Thank You for the example of Joseph, Father, who showed us what it was like to live a life of integrity. But thank You for Jesus, who was the ultimate, the ultimate demonstration of integrity, that He is God. And God doesn't change. He says in Scripture in Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. May we reflect and model that integrity in our lives this week as we walk with You and You walk with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.